Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. God bless you and praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you, Austin Griffin. Amen. We thank God, amen, for everyone this evening uh, calling in on uh, the Apostles' Roundtable. We greet you all in the name of Jesus, and we pray that you had a a blessed day, uh, a day that God was uh, glorified and magnified in your life. Um, we're going to uh, ask um, Elder Shank, uh, you're on the call, please to offer prayer. Okay. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, we bless your holy name. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather once again to discuss things of the kingdom. Lord, we just ask you to bless this time that you would be glorified and honored and that Everything we say and do would be in the center of your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, sir. Um, As you know, uh, Saints of God, uh, last uh, Thursday we had Prophet Paula Cole um, coming on the call, and um, she articulated from uh, the idea of the path of healing for uh, a prophet. And I believe she's on the call uh, now. Aren't you, Prophetess? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> God bless you. Good evening to you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Um, late day at work, but I'm good. <laughs> you said what now? I said late day at work, but I am good. I'm blessed. So, did you rush? Hopefully you didn't have to rush here to the call tonight. We we decided last uh, Thursday, uh, by common consent, that uh, we would continue with the uh, flow of uh, ministry here on the roundtable, and um, Prophet Cole, uh, as you heard, is on the call. Uh, We welcome everybody, and uh, uh, as we said uh, last week, this will be a time that she shares uh, as the Holy Spirit leads her. And there would be an interaction of uh, questions or comments or whatever, and we want everybody to, of course, be uh, regard and be, be respectful for everybody else's time. But um, I'm just the uh, moderator and, or facilitator, I guess, and Prophet Cole, amen, is uh, our ministry leader tonight. So, again, amen. Uh, we appreciate him and you on the call, Prophet, and we turn, uh, as they say, the microphone over to you. Amen. Amen. All right. I hope everyone is doing well tonight. I hope everybody is blessed. Um, I hope everybody has had a blessed and highly favored day. Um, uh, Apostle Griffin and I were just talking about 
um, some of the things, you know, in our conversations, just some of the things that we have seen in the body, you know, the body of Christ. Um, it seemed like this week, um, even for some people who weren't aware of the teaching on the phone line tonight, but the, the different people that I've talked to just throughout the course of the week and um, some of the things that they have encountered, um, these are prophets, um, some of the things that they have just encountered and some of the, the services that they've been in um, where they have ministered on various platforms and even uh, uh, one of the young ladies uh, that I trained in dreams, she just returned from Panama. And um, just some of the things that, you know, we kind of see across the board as it relates to prophets. And, um, one of the things that I will say is um, when you're talking about something that a prophet needs to be healed from, when I look at all the different things as it relates to uh, the process that the prophet has to go through, just when you when you talk to them about how they grew up and different things like that, the wounds, the rejection, all these things that we know that come with the prophetic, um, the church hurts, all of that. One thing that we have to be very, very mindful of as prophets is that we don't walk in the spirit of offense. Um, if there is another pitfall other than pride, the you know the spirit of offense is a big one. Um, people unfortunately get offended in church. Um, they get offended by the pastor because prophets have a tendency. I don't know if most people realize this or not. Our process of thinking sometimes is is different. Um, The way we see things is different. Um, Just the way that God designed many, you know, many prophets is that uh, just the way we think, the way we operate is just different. Now, there is a difference between the way God designed us and people just trying to be strange for no apparent reason. because or because they're trying to be deep and spooky. Uh, one of the things that I often focus on when training prophets is let's demystify this office. This is not spooky. It's not necessary for us to be spooky and deep. You know, um, it's it's a lot of stuff that people just go overboard with to try to make themselves feel more elevated because they might have issues with insecurity. Um, or low self-esteem or whatever have you. But all these different things that a prophet has to fight through, but if they will go through that process of allowing God to be, being honest with God so God can have that honest conversation with them, then they will find that when God starts to heal their wounds, they will actually mature. Um one of the things that I've noticed is that when you get an insecure pastor and an immature prophet, you know, the, the insecure pastor plus the immature prophet equals a recipe for disaster um, because the two are going to understand each other. There's going to be this offense that starts brewing, and then oftentimes the prophet may exit the situation still carrying that spirit of offense and not realizing that, while they're going through whatever they're going through as it relates to the pastor, they may have to pray for that person. They have to come out of themselves and pray for the pastor, pray for his understanding, pray for their understanding. And um, 
even as I was, you know, talking with another individual, uh, allow God to repair the breach that may have happened between the pastor and the prophet. And too many times what we see is the, the, the prophet is operating out of offense, and they then turn into the angry prophet. And everything becomes judgment. Judgment. It, is, <laughs> it becomes the judgment prophet. And it gets pretty ugly after that. Um, we talked about that last week. Judgment prophecies with no reconciliation to God. Um, and, and that was one of my, my tweets that I put up on Twitter. Judgment prophecies without that don't contain any reconciliation to God are often the ramblings of an angry prophet. Now, prophets will judge. Prophets do correct. Prophets do have to. There's a piece of of uh, exhorting that does um, contain uh, a cutting away. So um, there are times that a prophet does have to do that. But what I found is that if the prophet prophet will go through the process of healing and become mature in the prophetic, they will, even when you have to correct something, they're going to still do it in love. So when I find wounded prophets out here on the field who are just like, everybody in here going to hell, you know, I pretty much know you're still wounded. You're mad at somebody. This really doesn't have anything to do with the people who are in here because why is God sending everybody in this room to hell? And it's really just because you're mad about something else because you didn't go ahead and get healed. You know, the believer themselves have to go through the process of always, you know, making sure that they're in right standing with God. And then when I say in right standing, what I mean is, or making sure you're in right standing is you're always asking God, you know, Lord, if there's anything, I mean, how many times have we all prayed this prayer? Lord, if there's anything in me that's not like you, take it away. And then we go on with the rest of the prayer. But, you know, sometimes we need to stop right at that point. Lord, if there's anything in me not like you, show it to me so we can deal with it and I can get healed, and I can move on. We want to bypass that part because we don't want God to tell us the truth about, hey, you know, the way you treat people, not okay. Um, you're not walking in love. That's not okay. Uh, you got an issue with the pastor. That's not okay. So we don't want to allow God the time to deal with us about those things because we say, well, I'm because we equate being used by God as being approved by God. I think Apostle Griffin, didn't you just put something up on your post about that today, about having a platform or something? Yes, I did. Yeah. Just because you have a platform doesn't mean that you're still moving in the anointing. You know, um, a lot of times people think because I'm being used, God is using me. God is using me in a powerful way. Oh, okay. But oftentimes when I look and I, I, you really discern what's happening with us, you will find those prophets who is like, this is not anointed. This is them talking out of their soul. Because I have watched people prophesy soulless prayers because they're not healed. 
the old soulish words because they will operate in the word of knowledge, but they will never click over into the word of wisdom. They will stay in that word of knowledge because with word of knowledge, I can, you know, I can tell you everything that's around you. Oh, I see this, I see this, I see this, I see that, I see this, I see that. But then word of wisdom, that takes a different level of maturing because now that you saw all of that, now what is God saying about all of that? See, that's why you get people who are like, you know, uh, they're prophesying to somebody about a house, a car, or this or that, or this or that, this or that. You know, you're going to have this money, you're going to have this house, you're going to have this car. And God may be talking to them about something totally, totally different, but you won't hear that. You'll just hear their soul talking to you, whatever's in their realm, and then you'll start prophesying out of that. And so if you've got a wounded person in front of you and a wounded prophet, this is just getting ready to be a mess over the microphone. So at some given point in time, the prophet has to keep going back to God and saying, all right, God, purify me, cleanse me. If you're going to be God's mouthpiece, you need to make sure that what's on the inside of you is not tainting what's coming out of your mouth. You have to make sure that you go through your process, and I think that's the part. We want to skip the process. We want A, B, C, one, two, three, tell me this, tell me that, and then I'm all right. And this is a process. There are things that I may get to one part of my life or one part of my process, and I say, okay, Lord, I'm good. We are right. I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. And then situations happen, and then God says, now I need you to deal with this. So he'll peel this stuff back in layers, and he'll keep peeling off in layers until you become the the image of Christ, which is really what he's trying to get us to. But if we if we want to hold on to this stuff, because this is something I'm starting to see more and more people, they they are not concerned. We've got a lot of people who are out here who are saying they're prophets. They're wounded prophets. They might actually be prophets, but they're wounded prophets. And they're more concerned about their own right standing in them than they are about the righteousness of God. They're more concerned about being right than what God is saying. And that's when you're going to start to get a a bunch of mess, a bunch of things going on in the church that is not – that's not conducive to them. Not conducive – when I say conducive to them, I mean conducive to the people – in the church. It's not conducive to God. It's not helping the people in the church. And then we just keep limping along in the body. And at some point, somebody's got to stand up and say, okay, enough is enough. We're not going to keep functioning like this. Somebody has to embrace the prophet and say, listen, I see your issues, I see your wounds, and I'm going to help you walk through this place. And, and honestly, a lot of times that takes an apostle to to really see a prophet and pull them up to where they're to where they're supposed to be. I'm not saying that a pastor can't do it, but most of the time it's very very difficult for a pastor to do it to work with a prophet. It's just it's something about that dynamic. But there is an anointing that the apostle has um, that is just able to to do that. And most prophets that I know find themselves either longing to be up underneath the apostolic covering or they find, if they have an apostolic covering, they find themselves working well with it. Um, 
I will say for my apostle uh, that I that I'm under now, when she helped me walk through my process of healing, um, there were some days that she just you know she had to lay it on the line and just be like, boom, boom, this is you 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 you're not good right here. Um, you're gifted, but you're not good. And one of the things was she didn't force me to get on the mic so I could give a prophetic word. I wasn't doing a whole lot in ministry when I first came to the church because I needed to heal. I needed to hear the word. I needed to get that word on the inside of me, and I needed to let that word purge me. And sometimes that happens in churches as well. We see the giftedness of the prophet, and we say, ooh, we want a prophetic environment, so let's just use them. Mm, But are they healed? Can you see the fruit of them being healed? Do they walk in love? You know, do they, are they walking in the fruits of the Spirit? You know, can they control stuff? Do they know how to give a word of correction without embarrassing people? Some of that stuff that people say, well, God called me to expose it. Mm. He might have called you to expose it, but you know what? God does exposure in such a way that the person in front of you will know what God is talking about, but everybody in the room don't have to know. But that takes a level of maturity. So I'm going to pause right there. Does anybody have any questions? Well, I want to uh, just make a comment I don't, and maybe to give other people an uh, opportunity to open up and uh, ask questions. Prophet Skull, so some of the issues, some of the things that you're describing can be applied to preachers, ministers, mm-hmm. preachers also, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, I just said this to somebody recently, you know, people will compare the church to a hospital a lot of times. Um, you know, this is a place where wounded people come in and get healed, broken people come in and get healed. And, and I totally understand that. And I understand exactly what they're saying because the church should be a safe haven for the wounded and the lost and different things like that. But at some point, the people inside the church are going to have to stop being a patient and become the attendees or the attendants. We're going to have to stop laying on the gurney and actually get up off of it and then be able to help the next load of people who are coming in. But the problem is when the people come in off the streets, the evangelist goes out and brings them in, and they're supposed to be coming in and getting healed, but all they hit is, Pastors with control issue, pastors with low self esteem, and different things. And one of the, the 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 main thing is if we can get past this area of woundedness, because the woundedness is what causes us to start tearing down everything in the body. You know, we we tearing down other churches, we tearing down things. And so you still, even with wounded prophets, I'm like, are you really? Is there, is there ever a time that you're going to like? Um, Build up the kingdom. You know, we can see what's wrong, but there is a a divine wisdom from God to help us do what's right. But if all the prophets do is just tear it all down, and church ain't doing this, church ain't doing this, church ain't doing this, you know, so-and-so's church ain't doing this, and so-and-so, and you get pastors who fall into the same thing, you know. They, you know, my church is better than your church because I got more members than you, you know. 
my church is better than your church because I'm bringing in this kind of people and we got this kind of money flowing through here. And we we start comparing ourselves based upon what the world says is is supposed to be so spectacular. But the truth of it is, is is not so much how many members you have, how many warriors do you have? Because if you got 3,000 broken people, how effective is your church? But if you got 30 healed warriors, you're going to have a very effective church. Make sense? Amen. Amen. Anybody else have any other questions or comments? So, Saints, uh, this is an opportunity to uh, just ask questions, um, make comments. Uh, if, if you feel led of the Spirit of the Lord that you want to say something, amen, please uh, go forth. But we're talking about ministry here, and we're talking about uh, going on to maturity. So it's an open, open mic right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe everybody has a mute on mute or uh, on mute or something. I don't know. Um, one of the uh, things that we kind of covered this before, um, and I, but I'm going to say it again: when prophets are wounded, they have a tendency to tear down, divide, judge, not out of God's righteousness, but out of a need to be right. When prophets are healed, they want to build up, encourage, and help equip the body of Christ. Um, Some of the things, prophets, when they're healed, will be supernaturally natural. What I mean by that is, (laughs) I have, because I have been in some some meetings where it is just, whoo, it is, anything you can do, I can do better. And it becomes what I call profit wars. So you got a word, but I got to outdo your word because I need to make sure that they invite me to have a speaking engagement at their church. So I need to out-prophesy you. So if you prophesy a house and a car, I got to give them. By the time it's finished, they got 14 mansions, 27 cars, um, and they live in the White House. So it just becomes absolute nonsense because it becomes this one-upmanship because the the prophet feels that they have to go into their soulish realm and start saying stuff because they have this this need to be accepted. Um, They may have all kinds of rejection issues. There's an area that hasn't been healed. And when you're not healed, you're going to stay immature. But when you actually cross over into that arena of being mature, that doesn't phase you. People prophesying about all that type of stuff, that stuff won't even phase you. You you will actually get to the place where you'll be like, listen, what is going on with this person? I don't care about them getting a house or a car. I'm not telling you not to prophesy to people that they can't get a car and a house because if that's what God is saying, by all means, tell them. But my primary thing is not to tell you about the physical stuff that you're going to the material stuff you're going to get. Is, is there something going on? What does God want to say to you? Because you might really be desiring uh, a mate, a house, and a car. But if I sit in the room 
you know, hey, somebody in here wants to be married, or this person wants to be married, or this, that, and the other. So, so, so. I may pick that up by word of knowledge, what's in your realm. But what word of wisdom will say, now, God, now that I've seen all this good and bad, what do you want to address right now? And sometimes it won't even be all that other stuff. It won't be the house, the car, or the man. God may start talking to them about something that's going on from their childhood, something that's happening in their life, some wisdom that they need. The the very thing that could be holding them up from getting a husband or getting a wife could be something that they're doing, their habits or whatever, and God wants to deal with that because, okay, what's the point of me prophesying to you and telling you, um, yeah, your husband, I see him, he's a mighty man of God, He's going, oh, y'all going to be going all over the world preaching, and you're going to be doing this, and you're going to be doing that, and blah, 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 and you're going to have this great ministry, and I tell you all this, which is which could be totally true, but the thing of it is, you don't study your Bible. So I can tell you all this wonderful stuff about what you're going to do if I want to stay in my soulish realm so you can like me, but God may be saying, hey, spend some more time with me. I need you to really get into my presence. I really need you. God's going to give you more revelation about the word. God's going to, um, in your quiet time, he's just going to open up some things to you. He's going to give you some strategies. He's going to give you some wisdom. Um, He's going to change your daily structure of how you're doing things. Now, those things, if you receive what the prophet, the mature prophet is telling you, may not be the razzmatazz that you want to hear, but it's what you need in order for you to be able to handle the weight of glory that you and your thoughts are supposed to be walking in. (laughs) But if I'm not healed and I have a desire to be light, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to know. And so prophets have to be very, very careful and check themselves you know, about why why do I want to be on this? And, and truthfully, truthfully, honestly, so much attention is given to the prophet being on the mic. It's always, you got a prophet in the house, get up, give a word. Or Now, if it's somebody's coming in, fine, whatever, um, you ask them to get up and give words, and, okay, fine. But when you have a, a, a prophetic people in the house, we often are inclined to say, okay, you got to get up every Sunday and give a word. And we relegate them to just giving words. Mm-hmm. And if we really understood what prophets do, prophets should be in every area, every auxiliary or whatever we call them, in the house. Prophets should be in worship. They should be on the praise and worship team. Prophets need to be an administrator. They make great administrators. Prophets need to be, if you've got counselors in your church, prophets make excellent counselors. Um, prophets should be greeters. You know, prophets should be ushers. They should be in a transportation department. Prophets definitely need to be on the intercessory prayer team. So, Prophets need to be in every area of the church, not just always snatching a mic to give somebody a word. 
But that's what we relegated them to. And then people find themselves, because you know what? There are some people who I know are prophets, but they really specialize. I mean, when you really want to see them really just flow in the anointing, put them in prayer. There are some prophets that when they when they prophesize, I mean, they're, they're accurate, they're mature, but when you put them in the prayer group, oh, my God, you want to talk about some stuff coming, strongholds coming down and things shifting and breaking and finances being released, put them in the prayer department and watch what happens. Because that may be their specialty. But you can damage a prophet if you keep trying to put a mic in their hand, and that's not necessarily the season that they're in. Some people do best when they try to, I know some people when they try to prophesy, God bless them. Now, when I say try to prophesy, I shouldn't say try to prophesy. They prophesy. But the the verbal, as far as speaking the word, is not their strong suit. But when they sing it, when they sing the song of the Lord, it is an awesome thing. People, you ain't got to lay hands, folks get delivered. But you would never know that if you keep sticking a mic in their hand and saying, give everybody a word, give everybody a word. But when they sing it, it's where the anointing flows. So sometimes I have seen people become very, very miserable. There are prophets who do better writing. They they can, when they try to just pop it out of their mouth, it's not their strong suit. But when they are able to write it down, what God is saying to the church, you need to take a copy of that and, and hold on to that because that can be something that is something coming down the line to lead and direct the church. Uh uh-uh, you ain't getting away. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought I heard somebody say so. Um, but sometimes the 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 uh, I'm trying to think of what it is. It, what what the right word is. Sometimes some of the some of the frustration of the prophet is being put in positions that may not be the best template for them to flow in. And then this is where you get the bucking and the this and the that. And then if you're not careful, you will end up wounding that person when it's not necessary if we just understood them a little bit better. And I think that's another way the enemy gets in with the process is misunderstanding, misunderstanding in relationships, misunderstanding in um, social situations as far as the church, and a lot of them you will find is misunderstandings in their personal lives with other people. Um, the prophet is often misunderstood um, just because the nature of them. If you if you think about when you read the Bible and you see, I mean, Isaiah walked around for three years naked and barefoot. I mean, who would want to be Strange. with somebody who... Right. Who wants to be around a strange prophet walking around naked and barefoot? Okay, so Ezekiel decides to fix lunch, and he's cooking it on excrement, dung. So who's going to go over to his house and eat? 
not many people. You cut your hair bald, and then you're taking it with a sword, throwing it in the air, and chopping it in the air. Mm. Elijah's hanging out in caves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hosea has to keep a holy covenant with a hearted wife. So you have you have all these strange, odd things that God may tell the prophet to do. And I'm not telling people to go out and be like, I'm not going to be like Hosea. So I'm going to go out here and marry a stripper. Like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But it's just to show you the odd prophetic similitudes that God used uh, with prophets. And prophets, even though we may not have to do anything like that, I won't even say outlandish, but that bold, so to speak, um, um, we do still have that oddity about us. Um, it's really hard to explain sometimes our thinking process. Um, I think uh, a minister was recounting something where the pastor threw out, he said, how many seconds in a year? And everybody in the church whips out their calculators because they're trying to figure out, you know, 60 seconds at a minute, how many minutes in a year, how many seconds in a year, and they're going through all of this, trying to calculate hours in a day. And a guy in the back who never pulled out his he's a prop he was a prophet, he never pulled out his pencil or calculator or phone or anything. He just whips his hand up in the air and the pastor says, Yeah, and he's like, You know how many seconds it is in a year? And the guy says, Yeah, it's twelve. And so the pastor looks at him like, What? And he's like, January second, February second, March second. <laughs> And so it just, and he uses that as an example to show the prophets don't think like everybody else does. They just have this different frame of thinking. We we think outside the box. It's just kind of not the norm. And sometimes that puts us where we're like, because we love to, we we flourish in the presence of God. Right. We, we love when the spirit is flowing. We love it. You want to make a prophet happy, let the spirit flow. We get grieved when you cut the spirit off to go from worship to now we're going to take an offering. Oh, you want to see us drop to the ground. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but we, we love the flow of the spirit. We love being in the presence of God. We flourish there. So if you put us in very traditional, uh, very confined, very rigid type things, you'll find you're breaking the prophet spirit, and it grinds on them. And then the prophets have to be very, very careful because they carry the burden of the Lord, and we have to be careful that we don't let the burden push us over into depression. Right. Because we will flip in an instant and be like, yeah, yeah, it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes somebody to come along and be like, snap out of it. Well, Prophet Cole, <laughs> somebody's uh, uh, commenting. Uh, may, may, I, may I interrupt, please, briefly? Okay. Go ahead. Does somebody have a question? 
or does somebody want something um, expanded that was just said? Apostle, I think that was me in the background. I, I just kind of, I was, I forgot I didn't have my my uh, phone on mute, and it just everything that she said, I'm in agreement with it. So you'll probably hear me mumbling in the background. I'm sorry about that. I don't have a comment or anything. I'm just, I was just in agreement because what she was saying is like, it's so good. You know, I, I don't, didn't really want to interrupt or anything. Just want to just keep her because she's flowing. So we didn't, and so I'm sorry about that. I put my phone on mute. Yes, no, this is Sister Denise. And yes, this, go ahead. This is Sister Denine. I I am on mute, but I was just typing in because I was in total agreement with her too. Because now I know why I don't get mad like a dog, but I would just really get upset when they 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 want to do two songs and then go to prayer and then do another song. Like he was right <laughs> there, and I get I was getting upset. I well, I say I would get upset sometimes and stuff like that. I'm like, you just took my old blow away, and I just really understood right there. And then if God did not move in that service that day or doing worship or whatever, that really kind of hurt me. So like she said, mm-hmm. grieved or whatever. So now I know that I was like in a grieve season <laughs> uh, <laughs> right there, a grieve moment. Grieve, you know, I was grieving because God, this didn't even go right to me. To me, right. you know, somebody might go, go come up and say, oh, you know, praise and worship is really good. And, but I feel or I know that, you know what, something really deeper could have happened there. So you go ahead and carry on. I'm going back on you. Prophet Cole, just yeah. um, just as a uh, refresher, mm-hmm. uh, um, kind of share what why we're even doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, we <laughs> we started doing this. Um, we started talking about the wounded prophet because there is so much out there that people don't understand about the nature of the prophet, um, and and because so many people are getting hurt, but they still are operating in their gift, and they don't recognize that there's an issue. You know, some people recognize and they don't care. This is call a spade a spade. And then there are some who don't even realize why they feel the way they do. They, they're trying to figure out, God, what's wrong with me? And sometimes it just takes somebody and says, well, honey, you just, you just been wounded. It's okay. God will heal that. So we wanted to help uh, the, the wounded prophet. And it may not be you. It may be somebody you come across, somebody you know, to recognize the signs. Because if you understand the process that the prophet is supposed to go through, you can help that prophet on the path to healing. So even if you recognize some things about yourself, when you see somebody else, now you can be an encouragement to somebody else. Because we want to get to the place where the prophets really edify the church, not Tears to shreds. We know what's wrong with it. We we get it. Um, And I'm not saying that you can't ever say anything that's wrong with the church because that's going to come up. But even if you say something about what the church is doing wrong, can you tell the church what God is saying to do right to get it back on track? And what, what I'm seeing is not the people not making the transition from the wrong to the right. They're just focusing on the wrong. And when I asked God, what is that? And it was because they're just hurt. They're wounded. Some of them have been crushed. Their spirits are broken. They've been battered. They've been abused. And it may not always be the church. It could be 
through situations in life and them just not understanding the, the call. But we wanted to bring some clarity to people um, so that they can begin that process. If they, if they have begun the process, begun the process, that's great. Um, but we want you to get to a place where you you understand how to keep this thing flowing in your life. How to you know how to make sure that you maintain your healing. If something else comes up, how you can work through that healing. We want to make sure that you stay in right position with God, so that He can always use you in a moment's notice as a vessel. Did that clarify, Apostle Griffin? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, you know, um, I'm just I'm just being a facilitator. I'm just I was <laughs> I was not questioning you at all. No, no, I just wanted to make sure. Like, did that answer what you were asking me? But um, but yeah, um. Providence Denise says something that, that that is a very key point and um it is one of the sources of contention between the prophet and the pastor sometimes. She brought up a really good point. She said, um, they wanna do two songs and then they wanna move on to something else and I'm like, No, this is not how the service is supposed to go. Here's something that a lot of people don't know about prophets. Prophets, a lot of times, will see how the service is supposed to go. They'll see it. They'll see it in the spirit, in their prayer time, in their prayer time, um, in visions and dreams. They'll see what's getting ready to happen in the service. So the prophet will come to church like, woohoo! Like if you only knew what God wanted to do. Oh my gosh, God's gonna do it. Father in the dream, woohoo! Solid vision, and then service starts. <laughs> service starts. Is somebody saying something in the background, or a question? Sorry, I'm going back on mute. I'm going on mute. I'm just laughing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, well, Prophet Cole, what what can be done when when the prophet um, becomes a uh, uh, temperature gauge or whatever, a worship gauge or whatever, what can be done at that time? Well, a lot of times, if um, I am able, now, I am able to go to my apostle and say, listen, I hear the Lord saying this, that, and the other, or I saw God doing this in the service. I saw, you know, the signs of wonders, the miracles, this, that, and that. I saw the flow, this, that, and the other. And my pastor knows me well enough. I have a relationship with her well enough that um, she knows that I can be a couvenier, so the the uh, person who helps God to serve. Um, now, where we run into some problems is, is of course, because if you've got a pastor that's like, I run this, yeah, okay, so you're going to have a problem. So a lot of your stuff is going to have to be dealt with in prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. Because the pastor then has to, you got to pray for the eyes of the understanding of the pastor to be open. Now, this is where the prophet needs to be mature. Because even if the pastor misses it, we can't, you know, send him to hell because the pastor may have missed it at that time or the pastor is not receiving you. 
this is where you have to take that thing in prayer. You have to deal with that thing. Because let me tell you something. The enemy loves for the prophet and leadership to be at odds. They really do. They love, the enemy loves that. Uh, the prophet has to be very, very careful, too, while they're going through this process of, of you know, helping guide services and different things like that, that they don't succumb and become a victim to the Jezebel spirit. They have to be very mindful that they don't become a controlling, manipulating type person. If, if you're wounded, you're going to find yourself leaning over that way. But if you're healed in this area, you will find that the services will be so much more richer for the input and what you, you know what you do. This is why it's awesome to have prophets, excuse me, prophets on the praise and worship team because when praise and worship happens in the church, it makes it can set the environment, set the atmosphere, so that even when the the, the spoken word comes the atmosphere is so conducive for the people to receive. And so that's one reason why prophets shouldn't just be relegated to just giving a word because, you know, they they help the set the atmosphere um, in the church. And so if there's pastors on this line, I encourage you, read, read a book. <laughs> this sounds harsh, but... Seriously, read a book on how to pastor profit. Find some type of information about how to deal with them. Understand the profit. They're not trying to take over your church. Although there may be some who are not healed and whatever, and, and that's just another, the same way you would handle any broken person who is sitting in your ministry, and I hope you would handle them in love, and I hope you would, you know, uh, walk with them and help them and nurture them into healing. The same way you would do that with anybody who's sitting in your church wounded is the same way the prophet needs to be done like that. You will find that they they, uh, they have to deal with a greater sense of rejection. Um, you may get some prophets who are, who are walking in rebellion. But if God has anointed you to pastor prophets, Ask him to anoint you to be able to break that stuff off of them. It doesn't always have to be this divide between the prophet and the pulpit. It doesn't have to be that. Um, there can be oneness and unities, and churches that embrace that will find that they will have, a, a, a like I said, a deeper, richer, not just an encounter with God, but they will find themselves having experiences with God. And we don't just want to make it, because I have, I have encounters with people all day long. I, I can encounter you all day long, but it takes something. It takes a level of intimacy for me to have an experience with you. And that's what people are missing when they come to church. They just, you know, eh, we do this, and we feel some goosebumps. We, we know God showed up or something or whatever, whatever, and then we go home. But when you have an experience with God, you find yourself when you leave, you hunger and thirst after his word. You hunger and you thirst after his presence. You're going to hunger and thirst for more of him. And when you find when the church is actually 
moving in a direction where the prophet and the pastors are working together, you will actually find that when when they keep setting the atmosphere for God's presence to come in like that and the people keep desiring more and more and more, you'll find that your congregation will start to be more mature than they actually have been in the past because of the the presence and the desire that they have for, for the Lord. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. Anybody have any questions or comments? Observations? I'm loving it. I am so loving it. <laughs> I was going to comment earlier. God bless you, my sister. You you know, when um, the sisters were saying before, now I understand why I do this and now I understand why I do that. You know, um, we're, uh, my husband and I, Pastor Toby and Deborah Green, we're here in North Carolina. And I, I feel like it is a must, like putting the shoes on my feet, that I get to church early, an hour early, preferably, and I I walk the circumference of the inside of our little sanctuary for at least mm-hmm. that half an hour, hour, just praying. Sometimes I'm singing praises. Sometimes I'm 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 just praying. I'm I'm exhorting. And and you know when you, you like the last thing you had said before, um, right before we all kind of started commenting, you said, you know, you you start kind of going into you know, that that presence of the Lord and you and that presence and that's all there is and you know, somebody like kinda of, kinda of has to tap you on the shoulder and say, Okay, snap out of it. That's the way I be everybody's looking at me like, Snap out of it, Debbie, you look like you're crazy. Just going around Hallelujah, he called and I'm just going up praying and it's it's necessary for me. It's like have to do this, and um, now it makes sense. Now I don't feel like I am crazy because sometimes you do feel like they lost your mind. But but um, I I think at least praise God because we pastor when the Lord does bring one in our midst, you know who who has that prophetic gift, it will definitely be appreciated and it will definitely be embraced and they will definitely be understood because prophets always look like they have five heads. And that you know they're all going in different directions because they do think differently, and um, and it's a blessing. I mean, we we you know we talk about the fivefold ministry. Well, prophet is one of those of the fivefold, and you can't ignore it. There's a there's a definite place, especially in our day and time, for the the, the voice of the prophet. So I've enjoyed it. I'm I'm just sitting back listening. So, <laughs> amen. And that's and that's so good that uh, uh, you were talking about the, the studying the atmosphere because prophets promote the change of atmosphere. Who you want to see a prophet just lose it? Put a prophet in a stagnated, draft, dead, traditional, religious atmosphere, and watch them just be like, "Wait, what? What's happening? What? What is this? What? No, 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 no. We do not do well." <laughs> we don't do well in that type of environment at all. We, we it this doesn't do well. For <laughs> so it it gets to the point where um, it, it, we can't do that. I, I love what um, Eckhart said. He said, "If you want a department maintained, do not put a profit over it, because if that department does not glorify God." And it's just stagnated 
and it's traditional, and it's not, um, like, really bringing glory to God, the prophet will blow it up because they'll be like, okay, so Minister Doohickey got to go, Elder don't want to do nothing, got to go. This is not going to work because the very essence, the very thing of who we are, like our core is for us to be in his presence and to change atmospheres. We we love changing atmospheres for the presence of God to be able to come in. And I tell people, boy, oh boy, when you get a prophet who consistently changes an atmosphere and, and takes that atmosphere to the place where God can come in, you will find that you will have a climate. Because atmosphere sustained over time creates a climate. And you want a climate. You don't... You don't want to just stop at the atmosphere. You want a climate shift where that climate in your house is going to be where God can easily come in. There's no resistance to his presence coming in. There's no resistance to his word being spoken. There's no resistance to the move of God happening in your church because the climate is such that he can come in on a regular basis and and, and sup with you. That is what... We want to do because the thing of it is is that if you can change an atmosphere, you can sustain a climate. If you can sustain a climate, you can affect a region. If you can affect a region, you can take over a nation. Amen. So that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So that is what our goal should be, but it starts with changing the atmospheres and where we're at. And so when you get a a, a group of healed, and, it, and when I say healed, everybody's not going to be at the same point in their prophetic walk as far as maturity goes. There are some things that there's some people who, who are just budding prophets, and they may have that zeal, and you can help them with that, take that zeal from just being zeal to to wisdom, um, you can show them and train them. But there's so much that they can they keep that spark going in the group. When you got those budding prophets in a prophetic company, and even though they may have their issues, as you're helping them in their process of healing, they're still putting that spark in you because you're like, yeah, that's that flame, that's that flame, and so that's a good thing. And so when you have the ones that are very seasoned and mature who know how to walk in love and who can keep those prophets flowing together, that is a very, very awesome thing. And then when the prophets, and this is where another issue can come up, um, prophets have a hard time, or mm, how do I put it, how to remain independent in a corporate environment. So this is where sometimes we get, for lack of a better word, um, the prophet has to stay in alignment with God, and that's something that the pastors have to, um, they need to understand about the prophet. And so the prophet has to be careful that they don't cross over into the place where they start to walk in rebellion, Um, because I've seen some people do, I can hear this was a good one that people used to say. I can hear God for myself. Okay. But right now, it's it's not about it's not about you. It's about what's gonna be best for this 
for this house right now. And sometimes when you put it in that perspective of saying, okay, what, where do the people need to go? Because sometimes you can see, God, I see you want to come in and do this. And God say, uh-huh, I do, but the people are right here. So you as a prophet have to stand in and say, well, okay, Lord, what do we need to do to get the people prepared to get to the place that you can come in and do this? And so instead of always being at odds with the pastor and bunking, you can actually say, what can I do from the position that I'm in? Is it praying? Is it fasting? Is it, you know, talking to the pastor? Is it working with some people? What is it that I can do? What's my role in this? God, give me the strategy that I, and the role I need to play in this so that I can help better the people of God so that we all can be on the same plane together. Now, I know some people might be sitting going, well, what fantasy land does she live in? Because that ain't going to never happen in my church. But the thing of it is, is that, listen, if, you know, if the people are just, hmm, let me let me word this correctly. Oh, nobody going back and being like, the pastor tell me to leave my church. That's not what I'm going to you to do. <laughs> Seek the Lord about where you know where you're supposed to be. Is your time there up? Is your season there up? You know what is God saying for you to do? But most of the time, God is going to tell you to finish your assignment before He tells you to leave. Amen. You whatever your assignment is, finish up, do it, shake the dust off your feet, keep it moving. If that's what God said, do. Some some people. God bless y'all to be waiting for the angel to come down and shake you up out of bed and be like, you're this blessed, blessed one. It's time for you to leave, whatever, whatever. But <laughs> finish your assignment, wrap it up, and do what you got to do. And if it's time for you to go, then it's time for you to go if that's what God is saying. But sometimes I have been in situations where God has been training me, and it wasn't always the people around me. Sometimes it was some stuff he was trying to rub off of me. So I had to sit in some places where not necessarily receive, but, but you know, in the next season, God sent me somewhere where it was very much received. But there was some training that I needed to do, and there was some healing that I needed to do. And I think that the core piece of that is make sure you're in your process of healing. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. Um we don't like to go back. We don't like to, God bless the body of Christ, but we forget that piece that says, you know, die daily. We don't like that part. We don't want to die daily. We don't want to give up our right to be right. I've learned this in marriage. Sometimes you have to give up your right to be right. And when you do that and you start to die to yourself and become more with what God wants you to be, you will find yourself in a place where you're starting to walk in maturity. You're able to walk in love. You don't have to stay the bitter, mean, angry, unsubmitted, rebellious prophet. Because sometimes, unfortunately, prophets, we do our own stuff in because we're at church and we're not healed, and we're basically acting a fool. 
And then you wonder why the pastor doesn't receive the prophetic ministry because you're acting crazy and you're acting silly and you're being immature. But if you go through your healing process, you may be surprised to find out just how much your pastor will receive what God is doing through you and wants to do to you. So, amen. Anybody got any questions, comments, concerns, whatever? Anybody have any questions, comments? Bless you. This is Prophet Bahati. I just want to say that from the beginning, when you first opened your mouth up until you said amen, everything was just on point, on point. You hit so many important points, and it's just like it's like don't want you to stop. Just keep going on and on. But I, I, I can agree with everything that you're saying because I know, you know, when we have our assignments, sometimes we don't want to leave, and sometimes we want to leave too soon. I've been in those situations mm-hmm. before, but I, you know, but as as you get older and you, you mature in in, in your in, in in the position that God have you in, I find it gets easier. You know, I'm at a place right now, and it's a it's a program called Celebrate Recovery, and and when I, we were first going, you like to say, with the praise and the worship and, and setting the atmosphere and setting the climate, that wasn't happening. I was just going crazy about to pull my hair out. I was like, Lord, so I just kept praying about it. And then I found out that they do have praise and worship and celebrate recovery. I tell you, nobody had to even tell me. I just took it upon myself. And, it, you know, so we didn't have too many members. It was dead and it was kind of dry. And I got in there, and I just started doing some things that, that was out of nature for me to do. And now, you know, we do it every Thursday at 730 here in Arizona, and it's just it's awesome. So people come now just for the praise and the worship because of the atmosphere is set and because, you know, the, the presence. And, and like you say, when you're a prophet or you're a prophetess and you're in these positions, God does minister. He uses those as opportunities for the healing of the people. And I just really, and I'm really just elated that you brought this subject to us. It's a much-needed subject, and not just for, you know, for uh, but for the healing of those that are in the prophetic uh, position. They need to, a lot more people need to hear this, and they need to really take to heart what you're saying and, and put it to action in what you're saying and not only focus on the negative things of, you know, being an angry prophet, but move into the, the uh, positive side of it, move into the, the like you say, the, uh, the the side of it where God is elevating you, where God is using you, and get into the positions where he needs you to be. If it means being in being an altar, a person, if it means being an, uh, as an intercessory, if it, if it means being an usher, then yep. just put yourself in a, in a place of humility. Put, your place in, put yourself in a place where God can use you and use the gift that he has given you. And I appreciate you coming on, and I really appreciate, what you know, taking the time to come and to, to expound with us what God has given you, and it's much needed, and I really, really anticipate you coming back again. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, woman of God, I, I second that, everything that my sister Prophetess Bahadi just said. Um, you know, I, I usually don't keep the phone on mute, but... I, I didn't want a sound to be heard and, and, and you know, you to be disturbed because um, I agree. You know, we came, my husband and I came on the call a little bit late and you'd already gotten started, but um, we've just been soaking it all in. And um, the other thing that my sister just said, um, you know, this is something that more people need to hear. I agree. Um I had mentioned to Apostle some time ago, you know, we, we I guess, just in um, our roundtable discussions, um, well, the idea of um, a prophet school, 
School for the Prophets. Um, mm-hmm. am, am, I, am I saying it right? Possible, right? Yes, prophetic school. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, it came up in, in conversation whatnot, and Apostle was just asking, you know, who would be interested in something like that. And I, I shared kind of candidly, like, I don't know if I was really for that. I was like, I don't, that's a God gift. What, I, what am I going to be that the Holy Ghost can't teach me? But the things that you have said and the insight you've shared, you didn't you didn't come out of anything straight, came straight out of the word, but you still offered some insight that you know a prophet doesn't necessarily uh, think about and and consider in the peculiarity, the walk that they have with God. And um, to be honest, you know, when I as my husband and I pastor, I don't think of my Thing as a prophetess very much. I just think, hey, it's, it's natural. You got to stir the atmosphere. You 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 got to create that place for God to come in. And it's it's commonplace for me to tell anybody that that comes in the door. You know, um, uh, this is this is the place where we are peons, and God is the one that's over it all. He he's past. If you see me, don't don't see me. He's the one in charge. Now I want you to come in, but definitely not leave out the same way you came in. And and this is the place where you can experience the Lord. And this is the place where you can sup with him and forget about the person next to you and just have this moment with God to worship him in this place. So I mean, I'm just thinking that's that's normal. That you know and, and I we, we print a program and we say, you know, the Holy Spirit is in charge, so the program is subject to change. <laughs> I put these things down in an order, but you know, don't don't hold fast to them. Um, everything that you said is is really something that really, really, really needs to be shared with people. I mean, I, I know Talkshoe records it, but you know, if if the thought even occurred to you to maybe put this on tape. And, um, you know, I mean, I know it's like reteaching it, but it's worth it because um, uh, I have someone in my home that in the womb was um, told to me and my husband that he was going to be a prophet. And I see the strangeness in him. I mean, we've seen the strangeness in him from day one, you know, but he grows and as he, you know, fasts more on his own without, you know, us doing it as a church, but him just wanting to do it on his own. You know, there there are things that he needs to hear. And uh yeah. and this is good teaching. So, you know, to God be the glory, I thank God for you, God the Apostle, uh open the door to let you speak and share with us tonight. So praise God. Amen. Anyone else? Comments? Questions? We thank God for amen for um Pastor Bonaparte, you and your wife are on the call? Yes. God bless you this evening. Hello. How you doing? Bless you, sir. How are you? Good. Um, Good. We have, we have I was problems. just on mute. I'm listening to the call, but I was on mute because I'm in a store, so I really can't comment. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> but God bless you all, and um, I enjoyed the little that I heard. The little that I heard was a, a great, a great lot to me. Amen. 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 Um, 
One thing I did want to say that I kind of forgot to talk as briefly, I'm just going to touch on this. Um, one thing is that uh, prophets do, um, and you, many of you may find that you do this, prophets um, have the ability to activate. Um, when you do schools of the prophets, you will find that you will activate a lot of um, the prophets in your church. When you start teaching and training them, you'll find that the activation will actually start happening with the prophets in, um, prophets in the church. People who may not even recognize that they hold the office will then be activated begin the process of um, learning how to stand in the office. Um, there may be some people in your church, they may not hold the office, but they have the gift of prophecy, but they've never activated the gift. Um, and that can be something that can take that person to the next level. When they learn how to not just, um, not just, it may take their, I've seen it take people's prayer life to the next level because they, they may be praying in one fashion, but they don't really understand about decreeing and declaring. Um, they don't understand about, you know, speaking for uh, the word of the Lord over their own life. Um, you may find that when you activate prophets in, in your church, um, through the training and, and whatnot, you will find that those individuals will then begin to, God can take them and move them to start giving corporate words to to the local assembly. Um, you'll start to find, when you start activating prophets in the church, you'll find that your people will start having dreams more, they may start having visions more, because you're opening up that prophetic realm over your people. So some of the things that people have been seeking God for, they may find that now they're starting to do it in dreams. They may, just, you know, start to hear, okay, God, you just gave me direction through that prophetic word from the prophet. So there's things that activations can open up. And a lot of times when prophets are prophesying to people, they actually begin to activate the person's destiny. So it may be a confirmation, it may be an opening word, but they will begin to activate the people as it relates to their destinies, um, people starting to walk in their destiny. And, and I, I really will reiterate, you will see that um, prophecy uh, through the prophets can actually bring your church to the next level of maturity in, in Christ that they need to have. Amen. 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 Thank you, um, Prophet Cole. Now, we want to ask, you know, the last time, any comments, amen, questions, amen, for, on the call now. Uh, you, I know and you know that we're being blessed, amen, by um, this woman of God, amen, imparting here on the uh, roundtable. And um just want to say that... Um, Many that are starting churches, ministries, you may have uh, some prophetic people coming into your ministry, and uh, you need to know how to uh, deal with them, I think. And uh, as Pastor Deborah said, you know, she's, she has a child there that had uh, somebody spoke over their life. You have to learn how to raise them, because <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Amen. understand that you have to learn how to raise that type of uh, ministry gift in your uh, in your home. So, anybody have any questions or uh, comments? Uh, anything you want to ask or share? Uh, 
Praise the Lord, Apostle. Uh, this is uh, Pastor Toby. And uh, Prophet Cole, uh, I, too, you know, listen. I was listening more than I had anything to say. And that was one of those snickers in the background was me because you made it so appealing that you were saying. Um, I have a, my question is, uh, in, in, in line with, with Apostle uh, <clears throat> Griffin said about training up the child. We like that kind of information to, to deal with because he, he's getting older now and he has a his own ways. I mean, there's nothing, you know, you know, like like family wise, with him. He has his own manner. He, you know, I mean, literally. I mean, that's everybody actually, but he has one that's unique and stands out. And he speaks when he's necessary. I like. I, for instance, he told me the other day. You know, he. He listens. He does everything I ask him to do. I mean, I can't dissuade him on that, but he happened to tell me, he said, Daddy, listen, I'm getting a little tired because every time I get settled, you call me and have me to do something, and I really don't like that. (laughs) I kind of, I just backed up. I said, whoa, I've never heard of him. He doesn't need, that's not his way. But his way came <laughs> came about, so I know that there's uh, growth in him so far in, in areas. But we like to see some more. We like we like to see if that's what the Lord is saying. So that's so, the my question. Yeah. So your we, question is with children, the how to train children. Yeah, well, he's he's actually he's closer to a man than he is a child now. But in in the prophetic, he's you know he's still he's still young, but he's so open and, and willing. You know, he he just desires to, you know, on his own. I don't. I'm mean, not a prompting, because we can prompt him to say and do things, but he has his own way about going around things. Like my wife mentioned. He'll he'll fast on his own. He won't we won't he won't say, Mommy and Daddy, are you gonna fast? But he'll he'll jump up and say, he'll come to us and say, You know, I fasted the whole day. I said, My God, in school with lunch going and all of all that, you know, fanfare <laughs> You know, things like that. And then he picks up a pair of drums for the first time in his life and starts playing. You know, so we we're just talking, you know, general. Right? What do you do? How do you recognize anything else? In well, this? I will say this with a, with a prophetic child, because you, you're talking about a, a a kid who's a prophet, right? If you say he's a man or he's a he's a kid, I'm. Uh, what, is, what is a kid? A kid? I'm talking about and maybe the way in the ways to know, but a, a young man on his way to college. Okay, so he's he's okay, so he's a little bit older, but he's still a kid. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I will <laughs> say about the um, the raising up, because I have a sixteen year old who's a prophet, and <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so one one of the things, and this is a whole book right here. Um, 
is <laughs> who wants to raise a profit. Um, being very, very careful with a prophetic child not to really break their spirit. Um, one of the things that I found for my for my son is that in my prayer time for him, I always um, am praying for his his ear to be tuned to the voice of the Lord. Um, sometimes, <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit easier because mom is a prophet, so I understand him a little bit more, but because um, sometimes his dad is like, wait, what? <laughs> it's a little bit different, but um, not breaking his his spirit, um, giving him wisdom, praying against rejection and rebellion because there a lot of times those kids because they stand out and they're so different and they're willing to walk a beaten path that is just different from everybody else, it puts them in a place to be ostracized. And so a lot of prayer, it, it just really immersing him in a lot of prayer for uh, the will of God to be shoulder brought in his life. Um, you know, uh, Prophetic kids really do well with other prophetic kids. Um, they really do. They they find their their niche, their tribe, so to speak. They they kind of it, it works for them. So if there's other prophetic children around, um, that is a you know that is a good thing to look into. If if there now okay, there's a fine line between prophetic and pathetic. So you got to make sure you're, <laughs> you you dealing with the person. You're dealing with the prophetic and not the pathetic. So I don't want you to take them to pathetic school and then be trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Yeah. So you want to you want to make sure you're getting them around solid prophetic um, teaching. You know, if there's a school of the prophet, I don't know where you live, but if there's a school of the prophet somewhere in your area that you feel like you can trust him to be trained there, you can take him to the school of the prophet. Um, I know at the previous church I was in, we did Youth School of the Prophets. I am actually um, starting to take some of the younger prophets in the church now where I am and working with them and training them because they can be a handful um, so, because they, they're hearing from the Lord, they got all this stuff going on, and, you know, they got their ideas of how the church is supposed to be, and, and, and it's fresh and it's different. And so, you know, some of the older people are like, what is wrong with these um, kids? So, now, so, you know, that's some of the things that some some of the other kids that I've encountered, they, they, they dealt with that. And so you can either make or break a young prophet by the way that they're trained. And so you want to do the training with them um, very early on. My, <laughs> your son um, said something that I know my son has said in his spirit a lot, but one of the things that I broke down to my son, I said, let me tell you something. In the Bible, when there was school of the prophets, there was not just school of the prophets where you just came and learned how to activate your gift. And just, no, they lived together, and they had to learn to submit. Right. So there was there was a learning of submission and discipline. So guess what? Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah. He served him in the natural, but right. he was also able to speak into Elijah's spirit. So he right. was able to give a word and pour into Elijah's spirit, but he also served him in the natural. So my son, when I do a lot of stuff, people 
are like, oh, my God, your son is like your armor bearer because he serves. He just he just does it. I didn't have to train him. He just listened to the Lord. He watched me. He knows what I like. He knows what I doesn't like, what I don't like. He just does it naturally. And actually one of the adult um, armor bearers came up to me and recently just said, said, you know, I was watching your son and how he moves when you minister, and as an armor bearer, I need to step up my game for the pastor. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, wow, okay, praise God. But I didn't train him on that. He just hearkened to the Lord and listened to that. And so what I watched is as I trained him in submission, and I'm not talking about, yeah, go get me some tea, go get me shoes. No, that wasn't that type of thing. As I trained him in submission without breaking his spirit, he serves in the church. What If, if I'm running late, my son will be like, hey, mom, do you have a long day tomorrow at work with clients? And I'll be like, yeah, it's going to kind of, it's going to be kind of cutting it close. My son doesn't wait for me. My son calls for the church van and goes to church on his own. He leads the Tuesday night service now, the Bible study, because the pastor is like, he's equipped. He just he does it in the power of God falls. So it took training and me talking to him and spending time with him and explaining to him the path of the walk of a prophet, and then he blossomed. He can flow all on his own. And I don't have to, and we flow together well in ministry. When he's a prophet, I'm not like, oh, he's so young, he needs to sit down. No, I don't even think about it. I'm like, go here, baby. That's mama's little boo-boo. <laughs> so I celebrate when my son is doing what he's doing. He can sing the songs of the Lord. He can pray. He can prophesy. That's it. So, you know, and he, so it's a way to do it. It just takes time, energy, patience, lots, lots, and lots of love. Amen. (laughs) Amen. 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 Praise God. That that was that was good, and we we definitely will take that to heart. It's funny the the one that's seventeen that's the prophet that we knew was a prophet in the womb. Um, it's actually his brother who's a little older than him who untrained has become my armor bearer. He he reads me so well he can guess what I need, mm-hmm. know what I need before I even have to ask it and he'll direct the younger brother or he himself will do it, like if I need a tissue for my nose to blow my nose while I'm I'm preaching or something. He'll just he just knows. He will lag behind if I'm talking to people and wait for me to walk out that door. I mean, he just, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny when you see it in your children and, you know, you just got to thank God. But definitely we will we will do what you said. Lather them in prayer. Don't break their spirit and um, and teach them discipline. And they and they, they got to be disciplined because they're, they're PK kids. So they have to know how to turn on the, the sound system and they got to clean up and they got to do this and they got to carry the stuff to the car while we're on our way to church because we got the sign and we got the 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 coffee and we got the cereal for the kids that come and they got no breakfast and we got the this and the that <laughs> so and they have to they they do you know and we don't we don't beat them thank God you know but they they understand that mom dad needs their help so they step in and help so 
to God mm-hmm. be the glory. God bless you. God bless you. A- God. A- you. Amen. Amen. So, thanks to God. Um, we thank the Lord, amen, um, for Prophetess Cole and her uh, interaction, amen, with us uh, on the subject tonight. It's very uh, meaty, very fruitful, very mature, and uh, all of us are, uh, I'm sure, learning something. Uh, we want to uh, ask, uh, remember, the call, this Saturday at 8 o'clock, we have uh, our prayer call at 8 o'clock. And uh, the ID is 129989. Uh, that's the difference in getting on it. Um, we, we gave everybody, I think, a lot ample opportunity to call in <laughs> and to ask questions and comments. So we thank God for you. And we're going to ask Prophet Cole, amen, will she um, pray? Amen. Whatever the Lord um, says for her to do. Amen. Uh, Apostle Griffith, where is your school of the prophets? It starts May ninth. Okay, so you know, Prophet Cole, one of the things that we said uh, earlier, we're going to start, uh, you know, the visible school on May ninth. One of the things that uh, was on our heart was uh, also to do it like this, just like we're doing now, to teach it this way. Uh, we have in mind. Uh, in the future, to start a, uh, a school through Isaiah Bible College and Seminary in, in uh, Florida, and mm-hmm. this uh, the way we flow tonight. Uh, it's a an accredited uh, college there in Florida, and the w- way this session went tonight, uh, people, uh, especially folks in ministry that don't have degrees could actually mm-hmm. get uh, a cre- get credits for uh, this type of uh, ministry. And all we would have to do is uh, have the instructor uh, have some questions, have people to answer the questions and turn them in. So this is another avenue or means to also have a prophetic or ministry or leadership training and instruction via teleconference. Hey. Amen. That is awesome. That is awesome. Because basically, uh-huh. what we, basically what's happened tonight, Saints, is that we had our instructor, uh, Prophetess <laughs> Cope. She, inst- she she instructed us, and we learned. Okay. Am I right? Am I right, Saints? Nobody's commenting. That's her. That's her. I'm on mute. Amen. She is a teacher. She has been a former dean and probably still is a dean where she is now. <laughs> dean of the School of Prophets. I take in. Amen. That's, that's right. That's right. She is, she was, uh, Prophets Co. was the dean of the uh, School of Prophets. So, uh, Prophets Co., I'm back. you were back in your hands. Amen. Who was that that knew that I was a dean of the School of the Prophets? You know my name. You're the one to put it on me. Minister Denise. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so, okay. So May, uh, I just want to throw this out because I before we even do the prayer, because we're gonna do a prayer just as activation. But I want people to understand if you're here locally, um, there's places here locally that you can you can go to. You know, Apostle. 
uh, Griffin is having his on May 9th. And it's from what time to what time? It's going to be from 10 to, to 2. Okay. Trish is going to be the instructor. Okay. Uh, okay, so his is from 10 to 2, May 9th. Um, I'm having mine in my church, May 23rd. Um, that's the next class um, from 10 to 1. Um, so, you know, you got time. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're here locally, by all means, you know, go get some training. Even You know, even if you don't think you hold the office of a prophet, go, if you're a leader, go get some training so you can learn how to entreat the prophets that are coming into your church. You learn how to pastor them better. You have a different understanding of it. Um, you you can get some wisdom, some knowledge, and some understanding, um, and and make it better. Because I I always say, if you're a prophet with no training, you are going to be destined to be a prophetic train wreck. You're going to take out yourself and everybody who's running behind you. So we have to be very very careful that we don't just say, I don't need no training. Yes, we can hear from God. Yes, for our first training is of the Holy Spirit. That is true. But there is some wisdom and some training that God has given people. And schools of the prophets are biblical. Um, you can look for them in your Bible. David, Samuel, Elijah, Elisha took over Elijah, uh, different ones. So, you know, you, you have school of the prophets in the Bible, so they are biblical. Um and by all means, get some training. Now, is every school of the prophets legit, you know, because you may have different ones running through areas? No, but check it out and see and get some training for your people, okay? <laughs> so you don't have to go through some of the, the woes. Um, all right. Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord God, that, that you poured out today. We thank you for just pouring out of your wisdom, Lord God, for you pouring out of your spirit unto us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that we were able to receive everything that you had to say, Lord God. Father, for every person who needs to be activated in the gift of prophecy or even in the office of the prophet, Lord God, Father God, we just ask that you just reach out to them, Lord God, and ignite that. We stir up the gifts of prophecy on the inside of them. We stir up the anointing, Lord God, for the prophetic to walk in their life. They will decree and declare a thing, and it shall be so. They will speak a word in due season, Lord God, and it will not fall to the ground, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to give them words of wisdom, give them words of knowledge, give them the gifts of discerning of spirits, Lord God, Father God, even give them the gift of faith, Lord, so that they will walk boldly in what they need to walk in, Lord God. I decree and declare that they will just activate people's destiny. I decree and declare that they are atmosphere changes. They are climate sustainers, Lord God. I decree and declare that they will always promote holiness. I decree and declare that they will always promote righteousness. I decree and declare that they will always keep the people in line in alignment with God. I decree and declare that they will always turn the hearts of men back to God, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each and every one of their lives, Lord God. I decree and declare that they will always break the back of Jezebel. I decree and declare that they will always take down the stronghold called Athaliah. I decree and declare that they will always do warfare on your behalf, Lord God. I decree and declare 
that they will always give revelation. I decree and declare that they will always be faithful. I decree and declare that they will always be loyal to you. I decree and declare that they will always walk in divine health and wholeness. I decree and declare that they will always speak healing, and they will always bring deliverance unto the people of God. I decree and declare that they create covenant relationships in the church. I decree and declare that they will always hear your voice, and they will not follow another's voice. I decree and declare that they will always promote the kingdom of God. I decree and declare that they will always promote justice and the word of God and righteousness in you, Lord God. And, Father God, we just ask that you just... Bless the people of God that's on the phone line tonight. We just ask that you just bless the people in their congregation, Lord God. I thank you for the shift in the churches that are represented here. I thank you for the shift in the congregation. I thank you for the shift in the areas that they're in. I thank you, Lord God, that they're going out and they're taking back the neighborhood, that they're bringing the church to the community and not waiting for the community to come to the church. I thank you, Lord God, that you open up their eyes of understanding, that they begin to see how prophecy plays a part in evangelism, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that they be able to speak the word boldly to the unbeliever, Lord God, even while they're edifying the saints, Lord. I thank you, Lord, in advance for everything that you're going to do in each and every one's life on this phone line and in their congregations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we say amen, saints? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We so appreciate you. I, I th- hope and I think you know that uh, you've been a blessing, amen, on this call. Uh, Saints of God, remember next Thursday, uh, same time, same phone number, uh, we will uh, let you know what the um, topic is going to be. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to continue or we're going to do something else, but um, thank God even for those there in Connecticut and um, North Carolina and Detroit and you know, Phoenix and here in uh, Cleveland, we appreciate you. Um, we're going to end the call. And uh, again, uh, Prophet Cole, thank you again. Thank you once more. Yeah, not a problem. Thank you. God bless you, Saints. God bless you. To God be the glory. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.